0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Paul Stone as we kind of share theories and uh, handicapping approaches when it comes to college basketball. And you know that one of the big stories uh, the past whole week or two has been these top five teams, uh, highland ranked teams, being upset. You know, a lot of them are happening uh, on the uh, uh, on the road. Um, but, uh, you know, for argument's sake, we, we're we going to include Marquette, who was a big favorite over Butler at number 11. That was the one home team that got upset. But Iowa State uh, beat number two, Houston, 57-53. Nebraska beat Purdue a uh, number one, Purdue, 88-72. Mississippi State beat tennis, number five, Tennessee, 77-72. Central Florida defeated number three, Kansas, 65-60. We mentioned Butler beat Marquette. That's the one. Huff a uh, home team that got upset 69 62 TCU beat o- uh, number nine Oklahoma 80 to 71 and I'm even going to throw this one in there Paul because it's such a big brand and they've dominated this conference so much and that's Gonzaga as a seven point f- uh, favorite losing at Santa Clara 70 uh 72 to 71 a and unranked team over a ranked team beat Kentucky number six Kentucky 97 92 and TCU beat Houston, number two Houston, sixty-eight to sixty-seven. So, what do we make of this? I'll call this the Bald stone. You ever wake up with a hangover? Well, there's two spots here. For uh, one, the 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 highly ranked team you get a wake-up call. Sometimes when you go through a loss, you get the attention of your team. And the other is the hangover, the celebratory dog that won. How do they follow it? How do they follow it up? So that's the thing that uh, we're looking at in. First of all, before I get into some of my data, Paul, do you do you look, pay attention to see how teams – this could be for football also that we talk about. It's emotional. It's college level. And, and, you know, a team in a celebratory mood after pulling a big upset or a team in a wake-up spot, uh, you know, coming off of a tough loss.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it, Jimmy, in my mind anyway. In college basketball, these teams really have, in many cases, probably most cases, a real – home road dichotomy, if you will, in their performance. So teams perform, you know, at a higher level uh, more often than not on their home floor than on their opponent's home floor. And when we get into this early stage of the uh, conference season like we are right now, most of these teams and most of these leagues have only played anywhere from three to seven conference games. A lot of these teams, especially the high-powered teams that you're talking about getting knocked off, they have not played a large number of true road games. They've played some of the uh, the non-conference early season neutral site tournaments where they play high caliber competition, but on a neutral floor. And in some cases, the teams you're talking about, it was only their second road game of the year. Uh, when they're uh, when you know when they're losing those games, surprisingly, is the betting favorite. So I think it takes time to get accustomed. It's hard to uh, to win on the road in these major conferences. And I think these teams, even these superior teams, these highly ranked teams just have to get acclimated to playing on uh, a team's true road floor. So I think that speaks to it a little bit.
0: All right, the the, the highly ranked team in the wake-up spot. So Houston gets upset uh, by uh, Iowa State. Then they go to TCU and, uh, and lose a, a close game. So they lose out, outright. Purdue, uh, you know, followed up their Nebraska upset. Uh, they went by seventeen. they were laying 18 and a half. so they came out strong they were up 20 at half, but uh fell just uh, got, got backdoored basically on that big number. uh Tennessee uh, after being upset at Mississippi State, they came out they were up six and a half, but Georgia shot the lights out and they fell six and uh, they come short of the seven and a half. Kansas City after – Kansas, rather. I'm like, geez, I'm like Mark Emmert handing uh, Bill Self the trophy. (laughs) Call it Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas, uh, after being upset against Central Florida, uh, they followed up and covered easily against Oklahoma, 78-66. Marquette, after being upset by Butler, woke up and beat Villanova. Now, Tennessee did not cover against Georgia, but, Paul, they came out much sharper, much more sort of focused, energetic, and, you know, and motivated – um, and easily covered the first-half number. Same thing with Houston. Say, Well, Houston followed up, and they lost again on the road at TCU. But they came out. They were winning by double digits, a double-digit lead by Houston. They don't lose many of those, but they did lose. So I, I did see a sort of a, a, a bounce-back effort, especially in the first half, to the point where these teams the last couple of days are 11-0 and in the first-half money line. I understand that's a lot there, but first-half money lines, and those money lines are much shorter prices. And I understand the parlays and things like that. Some people don't like to do them. It's uh, maybe a sort of a, a house's favorite uh, thing to book. But if you are doing stringing some of those money line parlays, teams come being off upset in the first half. In the first half, it's been very profitable for me. But the one that I've seen a better result is the team – with the cloudy head after partying, that's the hangover spot. Because Iowa State, after beating Houston, they, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Iowa State, after beating Houston, they were beaten uh, by uh, Oklahoma. Nebraska, uh, I'm Sorry, give me. Nebraska, after beating Purdue, they got beat by 18 by Iowa in that Friday night game. Mississippi State, after upsetting Tennessee, they lost at home to Alabama. Uh, BYU in Central Florida was a push after Central Florida followed up their Kansas upset. Uh, Butler, after upsetting Marquette, lost at home outright to Seton Hall. TCU, after uh, their uh, upset of Oklahoma, they um, they followed up with a win against uh, Houston. I know I'm going along Santa Clara. You might remember this one, uh, Paul. But Santa Clara, after upsetting Gonzaga, gets blown out by St. Mary's. They were down 29 at half in that one a m after upsetting Kentucky, lost at Arkansas outright as the betting favorite. TCU, after upsetting Houston, lost in overtime in Cincinnati. 6-2-1 if you're going against, you're fading the hangover team, the team that pulled off the upset that's in a celebratory mood. So you did have some of those cash. It's uh, So anyway, you've got some of that. But the thing that I've really come uh, had a lot of success with is that, that big – favorite that big team and you know that Paul sometimes those coaches kids say they have to lose those young players have to lose before they start buying in to what their coach is selling at times
1: yeah I mean there's parity in college basketball no doubt about it everybody has some some good uh some good players I mean we've talked about him a little bit uh going to the uh the mid-majors the smaller schools but like Shahada Wells at McNeese State I mean that guy can play anywhere and he's playing for the McNeese State Cowboys, and they're a team. They'll have to win the Southland Conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament field, but they certainly look like a, uh, a good choice to do that. So everybody's got players, and they are college kids, and they get caught up in the uh, euphoria of uh, victory, and especially when the fans rush the floor. There's probably some uh, uh, against the spread angles there coming off of a, a floor-rushing home victory. I'll say this about Houston and Gonzaga. Houston, one, they are not the quite, quite the same team, in my opinion, that they've been the past few years. And two, you know, it's kind of like, Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. I mean, they're not playing in the American <laughs> Athletic Conference at this point. They're in the Big 12. And the Big 12 is a uh, difficult road to hoe and very difficult on the road, if you will. So when you go to a, an opponent's, home floor in the Big 12, there just aren't any easy outs. So Houston's finding out uh, what life is like in a major conference. They're still a a very good team and still a a top-10 caliber team that has the uh, capability with that defense that they play to uh, make a run in the tournament. But they are going to have uh, some losses, obviously, in the Big 12. And then Gonzaga, I mean, to think right now, you know, they're kind of a a borderline NCAA tournament team uh, Yeah, with what Mark used. What he's done there in Spokane over the last two decades or whatever it's been, they they just uh, are always the the class of that conference, and they just uh, tear those teams apart, and now it's not the the case. So there is parity, and when there's parity, there's opportunities for uh, betters, especially if you look at that underdog side.
0: In uh, uh, two two uh, instances uh, in where these teams are six two and one against the spread, uh, fading these teams, and that is Washington State coming off of that unbelievable win. Uh, against Arizona, uh, the uh, the court rush fade there. Washington State is at Stanford tonight. Stanford is laying a short three points. So Stanford uh, is the uh, the team to back in this spot. And then Penn State would have uh, upset against Wisconsin, number 11. Uh, Penn State goes to Columbus, Ohio. We're projecting to be about Ohio State, the Buckeyes, to be about eight-and-a-half-point favorites. So uh, Ohio- fading Washington State and Penn State, backing Stanford and Ohio State. Thursday and Saturday both are home teams I know both you and uh, I look to find these spots where we can find home teams and that's the focus of your handicapping approach uh, today and that is not just home teams but home dogs. So you got a home dog, your team that's underdog at home. That crowd is trying to to, do a little extra to pull off that upset. I know that you've got some data for us. We'll call it the Big Six plus two, uh, the Power Five plus the Big East, and then you're throwing in the WAC and the American as well that you've recorded some of this data from.
1: Yeah, I looked at these eight conferences, and this is up to date through last night's action through Wednesday, January 17th. And teams in these eight conferences that I looked at as the home underdog uh, against the spread, Jimmy, 57 and 28 against the spread. And then if you look at home dogs specifically, getting three and a half or fewer points, so small home dogs, 23 and eight against the spread. So there's really been some, some value uh, backing these teams, uh, looking at the most profitable conferences, the WAC and the Pac 12, home underdogs in those leagues. Thus far, nine and two against the spread. Home dogs in the Big Ten up to date, seven and three against the spread. You know, the line maker, uh, I'll say this the last few days, the line makers is seen to tighten up their numbers. Um, you know, they're like coaches or anybody else. You know, they're going to make adjustments. They're not going to just sit back and uh, be an ATM for betters and let people just come in there and, and print money at their shops, so to speak. So if you're simply using Pie Ratings, whatever your source might be, and there's several out there, but if you use Pie Ratings, some home dogs, in my opinion, are getting fewer points than the pure numbers might suggest. In some cases, these teams are even the uh, the favorite. Uh, but I'll you know I'll say this: there's still going to be opportunities uh, going forward betting some of these uh, home underdogs. I just don't think you'll be able to employ that blanket approach where you just blindly bet all home underdogs and still be profitable. So I think you have to be selective. You have to pick your spots. You know, I like to support uh, the home dog in in one case where the road favorite has not performed particularly well on the road. That's a pretty obvious approach, but when the, the road favorite has not played that well and the, uh, the home dog perhaps is a little bit better at home and, um, Especially also when a team is on a two, the visiting team is on a two or more game road trip. If they won the first of those games and they're entering their next game on the road, seeking back to back road victories, I believe there's a little bit more value on the home team in those cases. Uh, We've got a situation that may or may not present itself this uh, opportunity, present an opportunity this weekend in the Pac 12. Got Washington State tonight traveling to Stanford currently a three-point underdog there at uh, Bet Rivers. That game, again, to which is Thursday, January 18th. And if Washington State, if they pull that mild upset, the Cougars are going to be traveling to uh, uh, Cal on Saturday afternoon. In that game, I currently project the Cougars to be about a two-point road favorite. So in that uh, scenario, my position, if that number's available, I probably wouldn't take less than two. But if Washington State, especially if they win tonight at Stanford on Thursday, January 18th, and then they're a road favorite at Cal on Saturday, if I'm able to get two or more points, I'll be looking to take Cal there. So, uh, you know, I'd like Cal even more, just to add another layer to it and not to present too many potential scenarios. Uh, But if Cal, if they lose tonight, Uh, in their game at home to Washington on Thursday, January 18th. If they're coming off a loss, I would like Cal even more because they're the desperate team. They're playing at home. They're playing a team that won their last game on the road. A lot of moving parts there, but uh, Cal plus two. Uh, might be uh, a look uh, that will uh, give us an opportunity to bet one of these home dogs uh, this coming Saturday.
0: Paul, Paul, what about tonight's game in the Big Ten where Michigan is at home catching two and a half against Illinois? That is a home dog of uh, of three and a half or less. Uh, did you give that one tonight any consideration?
1: You know, I looked at it. Like you know, I make numbers on uh, using various sources, including my own power rankings i make numbers on all these games and i made that line five so i think that's just an example of the the line maker just saying man, everybody's just hammering us on these home dogs we're gonna make them pay a premium so i I just don't think that two and a half in my mind anyway even though it meets that three and a half or under home underdog uh, criteria it just doesn't uh it just doesn't seem like the right number michigan's been a really they're off a a victory. I think they're in their last game at home against Ohio State, but uh, Michigan has really been choppy. They have not played good basketball at home or on the road. So again, I think we really have to be uh, selective and kind of uh, pick our spots, okay. but uh, it'll be interesting to chronicle that one.
0: Let me throw a, a couple of uh, other ones at you on Saturday that I'm projecting to be. I, I'm not sure about Creighton at Seton Hall if Seton Hall will be a home dog or not. Man, we just keep sliding Seton Hall and they just keep winning. Although they were they they benefited from Rick Patino not being uh not being on the sideline uh in the midweek game uh the 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 Johnnies had. Zero points at the under 16 first media timeout. So, speaking of the Johnnies, they're at home versus Marquette. I think they might be catching a little bit of point. But I know one that's going to be catching points. This team has improved over the course of the season, and that is Iowa. Will be catching points at home against number two Purdue. Any of those uh, that uh, you that, that fall into your your category, I know they 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 they're projected to be home dogs, but. Or will these will these be teams that you you want to see what that line comes out and give them consideration?
1: Yeah, I mean you know they all they all are, are games that I've got jotted down just because they're home underdogs. I see an all team uh, really playing well, maybe still a little bit under the radar uh, with some uh, college basketball betters out there. And, and Creighton, you know, they're kind of up and down. They certainly have uh, flexed their muscles at times, but the Blue Jays are certainly. Uh, not infallible and that's a pretty good trip, uh, from uh Omaha, Nebraska to the East Coast. So I, I like Seton Hall there if they're getting a couple or more. And then that Iowa Purdue game, I mean, that that's an interesting I'm a little bit a little bit scared. I wanna get at least uh and I might be off here, I'm just doing this from memory, I wanna get at least five or so points with Iowa. But the way Zach eadie has been playing these last couple of games, man, he has really been uh a presence he's been impacting the game on both ends of the floor and he's kind of showing why why he's maybe uh again college basketball's top player but certainly i was a team that's played well at home that i'll be uh looking at and then the other one that you mentioned was i think st john's yes at home and they'll be playing they'll be playing marquette is that right yes correct marquette the one concern I have there, and I don't know, you know, what his quarantine will be or what his status will be for that game, will Rick Patino be on the sideline in that game for St. John's? Uh, if he's not on the sideline, uh, that would be a pass for me. But if he's back, you know, Marquette for a while, up until about, what, two weeks ago, ten days ago, Marquette looked like uh, a potential, you know, Final Four team, and they still very well might make that uh, type of run. But they've shown some chinks in their armor, of uh, the last couple of weeks and have shown that they're just human. So uh that would certainly be one. If Rick is available and it's clear that he's gonna be on the sideline as the head coach, I'd certainly take a look at Saint John's, you know, getting a couple or more points.
0: Uh it's a huge factor, okay. Uh his assistant, the former Manhattan head coach, uh an- an Italian name, all Italian uh, college basketball coaches were not created equally. Uh, Your proof (laughs) is is, uh, is in Newark, New Jersey on that one because I was expecting a really good game and that was really really ugly uh St. John's uh in Seton Hall I mean St. John's could have beaten Creighton I mean uh, on that Saturday afternoon game uh last week it, they lost a tough one uh by one but yes Patino has to be uh, coaching there and I'll throw one in last week we we uh we looked at UCLA and Arkansas as being under they rebounded after getting destroyed by combined I don't know 70 80 points whatever it was um UCLA won at home against Washington. Arkansas uh, held on to to win against AM. and um And boy, uh, UCLA was the beneficiary of four technicals against Arizona State last night as they won that game uh, at the end. I am looking to fade the Bruins again on Saturday with Arizona. Arizona, you're never going to get that much of a bargain on the price. But trust me, uh, UCLA uh, is still not that good. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Yacht. We do it each and every week through the Final Four. We're uh, given our uh, college basketball handicapping approaches. And Paul will talk about, you know, he talks about his power ratings and all of that. We'll, he'll, we'll talk about his approach and how he streamlines it with Three hundred and sixty plus Division One teams. It's uh, you cannot co- cover all of those uh, extensively. So we'll talk about that next week. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.